want you to go with me, if you can, to the book of 1 Peter, chapter number 3. 1 Peter, chapter number 3. And verse number 10, I might mention that we're also going to keep our evangelist, Brother Miller, for Wednesday next week and the following Sunday. Uh, one thing I'd like to do, I'm, I'm believing we're going to have a great move of the Holy Ghost and tent revival and I believe that those, I want to do whatever I can to get those people back here to the church. So instead of just having a revival at the tent, that they come to church and we keep revival rolling. So Philip Miller is our evangelist, and he comes highly recommended by several pastors. Had one pastor tell me that he is, is uh, maybe the best evangelist that he's had, that he's ever had at his church in reaching for lost people. And so I'm expecting to have a great revival and looking forward to that. 1 Peter chapter number 3, verse number 8 through verse number 10. If you found it, say amen. amen. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful, that means to have pity or compassion on each other. It doesn't mean to act pitiful. <laughs> Be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. That's a, uh, that's a lot of instruction, isn't it? Amen. I, I'm going to talk to you about that last, those last three words of verse number 10. Speak no guile. Lord, I pray that you help me. Lord, to speak your word, help us to hear it, to learn, to grow, help it to become part of our mind and heart, help it, God, to be at the forefront of our mind, Lord, so we can be what you've called us to be. God, I pray for the anointing on your word, on the hearer and me as the speaker. God, I pray in the name of Jesus for your will to be done, in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. How you talk to others and about others reveals more about who you are than who the person you're talking about is. 1 Peter chapter number 3 and verse number 8 says, Finally, be ye all of one mind. Being of one mind does not mean that we're all robotic and are exactly the same. We have different likes, different dislikes, different uh, things that, that we gravitate towards. But when it says to be of one mind, what he's talking about is to be in unity of purpose. Unity of purpose in God. Universe, uni, unity of purpose in our mission to reach the world. He says have compassion. He calls on us to have compassion on each other. Compassion here does not just mean to feel sorry for someone. 
The word compassion here in the Greek actually leads to the idea that we're supposed to try to feel what the other person feels. That it's not just seeing someone going through difficulty and feeling sorry for their difficulty, but it's actually trying to put ourselves in their shoes to feel what they feel. And so compassion is more than just a feeling of being sorry, but it's trying to actually put ourselves in the position of someone else. And then he tells us to be courteous, to be friendly of mind and kind, to be mindful of the words that we speak one to another. He advances the point a little bit further by saying not rendering evil for evil. In other words, if someone treats you poorly, don't treat them poorly back. He said don't render evil for evil or railing for railing. That word railing means to slander or to speak reproachfully about somebody. Someone says something bad about you, then don't say something bad about them. The Bible said not rendering evil for evil. We don't return in kind or railing for railing, but contrarywise, blessing. Our call is to bless people that treat us badly. Or talk about us badly. I didn't expect a whole lot of shouting tonight, so you're all right. The apostle says, when somebody gives you evil or railing, you give them blessing. It doesn't mean to bless them out. It means to bless them. Now, notice this next phrase. To me, this next phrase is the key to this whole Bible study. I should have saved it for the end. He says, knowing that ye are thereunto called. The calling of God on us that saved us from sin, that brought us out of darkness, that calling demands that we bless people who don't treat us well. That's our calling. We're not only called to talk in tongues. We're not only called to, to uh, preach, teach, sing, do whatever. We're not only called to shout. But part of our calling is how we treat people who don't treat us well. Can I get an amen? amen. Knowing that ye are thereunto called. Has anybody ever felt called to something? Not necessarily called to preach, we're just called to something, whether it's singing, teaching, music, uh, some ministry. Uh, I, I was in my office and there were some people going down that hallway. And I'm, again, I'm going to issue this warning. I've said it a few times. I hear everything that goes on out there. That door might as well not be there at all. And I, I don't know who it was, but they were talking about if they were having life group and somebody was talking about making uh, chicken and dumplings, and somebody else was talking about frying some cabbage, and I got to thinking, man, I hope that life group's at my house. <laughs> if 
you want to have life group, you can have it at the tent tomorrow night while we're setting up. Maybe you're called to cook. And there are people that are called to cook. You, you find there's some people that, they, that it's their ministry to fix food for people that are whatever, going through whatever. And I think I could tell by the head nods and the smiles who was talking now. I think I caught y'all. But one of the things that we're called to, as much as we're called to sing or preach or cook or do whatever, we're called to treat people with blessings when they treat us with evil or railing. Is that what the Bible says? Is that, is that anybody got their, their eye on 1 Peter 3 and 9? Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that ye are there unto called. If you say, well, I don't have a calling. I don't have a, a talent. I, there's your calling right there. We're all called to act this way. That ye should inherit a blessing. Now, that last phrase takes it up a notch. He said, you're called to bless people that way. And, that, and, and, the, and if you don't, you may not inherit the blessing from the Lord. I want to inherit a blessing from God. And if I want to inherit a blessing, then I have to be willing to bless people that, are, that do not bless me. Praise God. I don't want to fall into the trap of the enemy that gets me to violate my calling and my blessing. We're called to return blessings to others who tear us down. I know what I'm preaching tonight isn't easy. If it was easy, the whole world would do it. Y'all remember Brother Stacy Garnett? He preached for us, uh, not this last January, the January before. Man, I feel like I'm in Times Square. That's awesome. I can tell when they put that slide back up because your faces shine brighter. <laughs> My preaching is causing you to be illuminated tonight. I love it. Amen. Brother Stacy Garnett, I got a note on my desk. I've had it there since he preached for us in January of 2021. He said, if talking tongues was of the devil, the whole world would be doing it. Well, if blessing people who treat you bad, the whole world would be doing it if it was easy, wouldn't they? But we're called to let the power of God affect the way we live our lives. And so we're called to return blessings when others don't treat us that way. And my spiritual inheritance depends on living that principle. The next verse, verse number 10, for he that will love life and see good days. Does anybody want to live the kind of life that you can love and enjoy? We're talking about principles about how to live a good life. He said, if you, if you want to love your life, if you want to live a life that's full of joy and peace and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil. And his lips, that they speak no guile. God, help me to learn to hold my tongue back. Y'all don't know how much I hold my tongue back. If you talk in public as much as I do on a regular basis, there will be things jump into your mind to say that you have to say, no, that's not. 
that's not, you, you need to be nicer than that. And sometimes I fail, as you all know. But if you want to have a lot, a kind of, uh, if you want to love your life and see good days, refrain, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. God, help me to learn to train my lips and tongue to not speak things that will lessen the quality of my life, make me violate my calling, and cause me to lose the blessing that you want me to inherit. We often think that our happiness is dependent on our circumstances, our possessions, or what others do. According to research, happiness in life comes from the following three things. Number one is set points. Set points are things that you can't change. It's genetic uh, background. It's things that you have no control over. Places you were born, all that kind of stuff. Set points, intentional activity, and circumstances. 50% of happiness, according to researchers, psychologists, 50% of happiness are the set points, the things you can't do anything about. 40% is intentional activity, and only 10% is circumstances. Now, most people think that our happiness comes from our circumstances. But the truth is that you are in control of a large part of your personal happiness. The Bible says, Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. The New Living says it this way, the tongue can bring life or death. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Our words do more than convey information. Our words have an impact on people. The power of our words can lift somebody or push them down. It can be a burden to somebody. It could stir up hatred. It could lead to violence. Words can inflict wounds. And on alternately, words can build people up, encourage people, give life. Of all the creatures that God created, only humans were created with the ability to, commit, to communicate through the spoken word. The power to use words is a gift from God. I don't want to let the enemy take what God intended as a gift and use it for harm. We've seen in the world that people can use their words for good or for evil. Let's go to Ephesians chapter number four. If you've got a Bible, go with me there. We're going to spend a little bit of time there. I'm not going to be too much longer tonight, I don't think. I'm basically finishing what I started Sunday night. Or at least continuing. I don't know if I'm going to finish it, but I'm going to continue it. Ephesians chapter number four and verse number 26. If you found it, say amen. amen. Be ye angry. Boy, don't you wish that verse stopped right there. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great if that was an exclamation point and not a comma? Be ye angry and sin not. Do you know that anger is an emotion that God created you with? Do you know that the Bible said that God got angry? 
You are allowed to get angry. There ought to be some things that anger us. There ought to be some things that stir us up. But we don't have the right to sin when we get mad. Praise God. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. That tells us you're going to have wrath. You just got to learn how to control it. How to box it in. You can't let it run your life. And ruin day after day. Because when we allow anger to lead to sin, and we allow our wrath to extend, verse 27 comes into play. Neither give place to the devil. You are giving room in your life to the devil when you allow anger and wrath to fester in your heart and in your spirit. Praise God. Our our message is be disciples and make disciples. Well, this is a big part of being a disciple. Let's go to the, the, stay in chapter 4, and let's go to verse 26, well, we just finished 26 and 27. Let's go to 29. Ephesians 4, 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. That word corrupt means rotten or putrefied, not fit for use, worthless. It comes from a root that means to destroy. Let no destroying communications proceed out of your mouth. Don't say anything that would destroy someone's reputation. Don't say anything that, would, that, that, that is not fit for use or has no value. Let no corrupt Communication, proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. He said, speak things that build people up, not things that tear people down. That it may minister grace unto the hearers. Do you know that the people that listen to what we say will either have grace ministered to them or wrath ministered to them? The words, you don't have to be a preacher for your words to minister. Praise God. How we speak to others, we either minister grace or we minister violence, spiritual violence. He said, don't, he he said, don't let corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto Verse 30, the next verse, not the Holy Spirit of God. When we talk poorly about other people, we cause sorrow to the Holy Ghost. Amen. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. It grieves the Spirit of God when we tear each other down and talk bad about each other and talk bad about people. It grieves the Spirit of God when we tear people down instead of build people up. Now notice that next phrase, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. That's two times that the Bible has associated inheritance and the day of redemption to how we speak. The way we talk can affect our eternity. Praise God. Amen. 
This, this is important for discipleship. This is important for a Christian. Let's go to the very next verse, verse 31 of Ephesians 4. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. I got to get bitterness out of my life. I got to get, now what's the difference between wrath and anger? Wrath is like flying off the handle. Well, I couldn't control it. Well, yes, you can. You got the Holy Ghost. Praise God. A Holy Ghost filled child of God does not have the right to fly off the handle and act like a moron. Praise God. I don't know. I may not be doing good, but I'm, but I'm doing what I need to do. Anger is just that, that being mad and it just stays. But wrath is that rage that you just lose common sense. He said you got to get all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor. That word clamor is to, is, is to cry out and, and make a scene. It comes from the root word that means to croak like a raven. Anybody ever hear a raven? You know that it means to croak like a raven or to scream, to shriek. The raven was the bird that Noah let out of the ark. And the Bible said it went to and fro, but it never got back in the ark. A raven will eat rotten, putrefied flesh. So Noah opens the door to the ark. The raven goes out, and it's perfectly satisfied eating the flesh of the dead bodies floating around. It never goes back in the ark. And so the archetype of the raven was the dove. That he opened the door, and the dove flew around and found no place for the sole of its foot, and it comes back into the ark. And the dove is typified as the Spirit of God descending as a dove. Do you know that when we let bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be in our life, we are more in line with the spirit of the raven than we are with the dove? He said, you got to put it away from you. I understand it's not always easy. I think we've all been done wrong before. We've all been hurt before. Everybody has. And if you haven't, live a little longer. It'll happen. But I refuse to let somebody else's actions make me be lost. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm just saying I, I got to try to get that stuff away. I got to try to get that stuff out of my spirit. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be ye kind one to another. The word kind means, man, I, I, I wish I could preach this to, to the whole world. The word kind means to be easy. Just be easy to get along with. Praise God. 
Y'all are, mo for the most part, always easy for me to deal with, but you're not always easy for each other to deal with. Gracious, good, manageable, mild, pleasant, as opposed to harsh, hard, sharp, and bitter. That's what kind means. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted. That means sympathetic, compassionate. Forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. He, Paul is, is, he's not pulling any, any punches on the Ephesians. He's wearing the Ephesians out in this passage. He reminds them, he said, you wanted forgiven. You wanted, you wanted God to forgive you for your sins. You wanted the blood of Jesus Christ from the cross to cover your sins. And here you are not wanting to forgive somebody else. He said, forgive one another like Christ forgave you. He's saying, because you've been forgiven, you don't have the right to not forgive someone else. That's a good word, Brother Paul. I'm glad I didn't write it because y'all can't be mad at me for writing it. That's a good word, Brother Paul. Now, that's the end of chapter 4, but the very next two verses kind of continue the, the, the theme a little bit. He says... Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Be ye therefore followers of God. If you want to be a follower of God, you got to live this way. As dear children, walk in love. As Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for sweet-smelling savor. He says, if you'll do this, you're being a follower of God and you'll walk in love. And then he brings it right back around. This is the third time. This is the third time that they've associated the, the, the outcome for us with how we treat others. He said he gave himself for us an offering and a sacrifice. In other words, because he sacrificed himself, you've got to be willing to sacrifice some of your some of your human desires for vengeance and standing for yourself. We're not, he said, be therefore followers of, I'm not a follower of God if I'm not walking in love. So 40%, I'm going back to that statistic I gave a while ago, 40% of my happiness is intentional activities. Only 10% is circumstances. And so I can take control of a lot of my personal happiness by being intentional on how I live my life, and that includes being intentional on how I treat other people. So here's an intentional activity that you can do to remember. Give happiness to receive joy. You'll get joy in your life when you try to find ways to help other people be happy. Luke 6 and 38, we only associate it with money, but I don't think it only goes there. Give and it shall be given unto you. You know, if you give people kindness, somebody's going to give you kindness. Amen. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, 
With all, it shall be measured to you again. What you give, you get. It's what the Bible says. The same measure that you meet, the amount that you give, it shall be measured to you again. The happiest people are not those who are most self-absorbed, but those who are most likely to help and lift up others. You lift yourself by lifting other people. I'm going to go back to Ephesians 4.32 for just a second. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Intentionally doing kind things for people. Not just for people I like, not just for people I am like, or not just for people who do stuff for me but intentionally doing kind things for people. I, I was uh, at a Starbucks one time and I was standing in line and I was listening to people coming through the drive-thru and it was around Christmas time. And so somebody came through and they said, uh, they said I want to pay for the coffee for the person behind me. And they said, well, okay. So they, they took, you know, whatever it was, three or four dollars, I don't know. And so the next person come up and they said, well, the person in front of you paid for your coffee. Well, I want to pay for the coffee for the people behind me. Well, are you sure? Yeah, well, it's $22. And you could see the look on their face. I don't really want to, but I opened my mouth. <laughs> but I want to do, I want to train myself to be kind to people. I want to train myself to act kind and to be sweet and to be nice. And, you know, my natural disposition is smart aleck. I, I wish it wasn't, but it is. And, but I, I, I want to train myself to be kinder. Amen. And while you're being kind, don't forget to be kind to yourself, too. So the context of verse 42 is that kind, that is, is to be kind to people. Notice what it said. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. The context is be kind to people you need to forgive. People, forgive things too. In other words, if you've got to forgive them, they've done something, right? So be kind to people that you also need to forgive. All right, let's move on. I want to talk to you about something called the Losada line. A great book if you want to read something that... Uh, it's called uh, The How of Happiness. It's by, written by a psychologist and author named Sean Acor. It's a fantastic book. But uh, he writes about this thing called the Losada line, and he says to keep a number in mind. Here's the number he wants you to keep in mind, 2.9013. Can you say that with me? 2.9013. 2.9013. Two point nine zero one three. It seems like a random number, but a ten-year study research on teams that had high performance and low low performance, businesses with high performance and low performance. Psychologist and business consultant by the name of Marcial Losada. Based on ten years of research, he arrived at a mathematical formula that 
is the ratio of positive to negative interactions necessary for success. It means that it takes basically three positive comments to overcome one negative. It takes three positive experiences to overcome one negative experience. He said if you dip below this tipping point, known now as the Losada line, that performance suffers. You rise above it, and research shows that your success actually grows six to one. And they produce their best work. In other words, you lift yourself and your team the more positive words and interactions you can create. It takes three positive to offset one negative. Amen. You lift yourself when you lift other people. Very often in marriage counseling, I encounter people who are angry. And they say things to win an argument, not to resolve an issue. They use words to inflict pain on, on their spouse that they're angry at, rather than words trying to solve whatever the issue is. So just remember that for every negative thing you say, it's going to take three positive things just to bring it back to even. We've got to be careful what we say, don't we? We've got to be careful what, got to be careful what we tell our kids. Losada, the guy that came up with this, was... A, uh, was working for a global mining company and they had suffered a loss of 10%. He found that their positivity ratio was 1.15. They basically broke even on negative and positive and it caused them to go under. He went in, he, he, he instructed the, the team leaders to be more positive, he instructed them to be more encouraging and to speak nicer and their average ratio went up to 3.56, and they made 40% profit, more profit. Just as simple as that. What we say matters. Amen. What we say matters. I'm, I'm doing sermon surgery right here in front of everybody. <coughs> Hebrews 1 and 11. There's a doctor, his name's Marcel Kinsburn. He's a neuroscientist at the School for Social Research in New York City. He explains that expectations create brain patterns. Expectations create brain patterns. In other words, your level of expectation will wire your mind to be positive or negative. If you expect bad, you get bad. If you expect good, you get good. Hebrews 11 and 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You can have faith that things will be good or you can have faith that things will be bad and your faith will probably prove yourself right. 1 John 4, 7 and 8, this is the last, this is the end of it all. Not the end of, not the end of forever, but the end of this Bible study. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. 
And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Look at verse 8. He that loveth not knoweth not God. He that loveth not knoweth not God. I started this Bible study off by saying the words we say to others reveals more about who we are than the person we're talking to. He that loveth not knoweth not God. If you're paired up with your friends, or two or three of you together, don't say something about somebody that you wouldn't want that person to say about you if they were paired up with two or three of their friends. Don't say something about somebody that you wouldn't want somebody to say about you. Beloved, let us love one another. The Bible said love is patient and love is kind. Love doesn't build itself up. Vaunteth not itself. It thinks no evil. It hopes no evil. It endures all things. That's how we're supposed to think and treat one another. Lord, I love you, God. We got a great group of people. And God, I pray that we'll not be ignorant of the devil's devices, that I won't sell my calling. By, by talking about somebody, by rendering evil for evil or railing for railing. Help me to live up to the calling that you've given me as a member of this church and as a child of God. Lord, let no evil speaking and no guile come out of my mouth. Lord, I pray that you help us to be an example to the world of how a Christian acts. Help us, God, to love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth knoweth God. Lord, I pray that you help us to be an example to our world. And God, the more that we can love each other, the more capacity we can have to welcome more people into your kingdom. I don't want us to shortchange what you want to do in our lives and in our church because we failed to have healthy interpersonal relationships. Help us, God, to be more like you, to walk worthy of our calling, and to be led by the Spirit of God. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless.